Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you are having an amazing day. So for today, we have an awesome guest. He is the CFO, founder, and co-host of Next Level University, which is a global top 100 self-improvement podcast with more than 1,500 episodes reaching over 900,000 people in more than 160 countries. He is he believes in a hard-driven but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement and teaching others how to get to the next level of their life. So let's welcome, welcome Kevin Palmier. How are you doing today, Kevin? Victor, I told you behind the scenes, I'm living the dream. I got to tell you in front of the scenes as well. Thank you so much for having me, my friend. I appreciate it. All right, it's great having you on. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it because I'm big on self-improvement, making yourself better, mindset, personal development, stuff like this. So I'm sure you're going to have a lot of great stuff to talk about. But first, I'd like to ask you to please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, I was somebody who never had the goal of being an entrepreneur. I never resonated with that. I never wanted to be a business owner. But when I was 26, I made the most money I had ever made at my job. I was working in an industry called weatherization. So we would go into large buildings and make them more energy efficient. And since I was working on state and government contracts, I was making some really good money. And I assumed that making as much money as possible would make me feel really good about myself. And that is not what ended up having, happening to me. So we got to the end of the year. I opened my final pay stub. I realized I didn't feel any different than I did the year before. I had more money, yes, but I didn't feel any different. And I decided to start a podcast to talk about self-improvement because my bank account improved, my body improved, but my relationships didn't improve. My relationship with myself didn't improve. I was not improving myself. And I fell in love with podcasting. I fell out of love with my job and I ended up sitting on the edge of a bed contemplating suicide because I was so miserable and I felt so stuck and I felt so trapped. And a few months later, I ended up leaving my job and that is when I decided to be an entrepreneur. Victor, it was not a plan that I had for years and years. It was, I'm miserable. I love this podcast thing. If I'm going to do this podcast thing sustainably, I'm going to have to find a, a way to make money doing it. And that is why and how this all started for me. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, it's interesting. So yeah, a lot of people I talk to, they always say like when I was a kid, I had in my blood, I had a newspaper stand, <laughs> a lemonade stand, but you, you didn't want it to be an entrepreneur. You no. wanted to do the regular thing. You, you, do, you did a job called weatherization. You had a lot of government and state contracts. Um, at age 26, you were making some really good money year after year, but you didn't feel any better. You didn't feel good. You didn't you know, you weren't happy. I guess you didn't feel you were making a difference in people's lives or making any kind of contributions to people's lives. Mm. And around that time, at the end of that year, you started a podcast talking about self-improvement because um, you weren't feeling better. In fact, later on, you felt suicidal. You even contemplated suicide. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you decided to make the big jump and let and left that job several months later. So now, I would like to go to that point where you're just starting a podcast and you're trying to figure out how to monetize that podcast, but also you have left that job. So sometimes when you're trying something new and you may not have that steady paycheck coming, it could be a little scary. Was it a little scary at the beginning or were you like comfortable with it? No, a little scary is an understatement. It was absolutely terrifying because I am somebody who is very certainty driven. 
and I had no certainty. I went from making a lot of money to no money. And over the first two years, I ended up $35,000 in credit card debt, just trying to exist and survive and grow. And we didn't end up making money until year three. So for the first two years, Victor, it was absolutely brutal. I had no idea. My goal was to make it to the end of the week, the end of the month, the end of the year, and then just keep doing that. And it was very hard in the beginning because I didn't understand. I didn't know how long it took to succeed, quote unquote, in a business. No, absolutely. And, and I'm glad you're sharing that because I think sometimes when people want to become entrepreneurs, they sometimes have this false idea that uh, in their first week, they're going to make a million dollars. And that almost <laughs> never happens, especially <laughs> trying something brand new. Um, you don't have credibility. You don't have clients. People don't know who you are. It takes a little yeah. time to build that credibility. Yeah, yeah developed that reputation and it took you a couple of years. You struggled during those first couple of years. You found yourself in $35,000 credit card debt. But then in year three, you started, things started turning around. You started making some money. Now, the other thing I want to point out here is a lot of people probably during that second year would have said, this is not working. I'm going to go back to the job. I'm going to give up. But a lot of times people would have given up right before they hit success, whereas you persevered, you did not give up, and you started seeing success in year three. So what were some of the things that made you not want to give up to persevere, even though it was tough financially at the, at the time? One of the reasons, and I say this all the time, I never started this from a place of money. I didn't start something and then convince myself that I was passionate about it. I am super passionate about self-improvement. I started this because... I had such a burning passion that I said, well, imagine if I could get to the place where I could make money eventually. I mean, that would be really, really, really cool. So I always say this, if you start, let's just say hypothetically, you wake up one day and you say, you know what, I'm going to start a business and my ultimate goal is to make as much money as humanly possible. The first two years, three years, you're going to get none of your needs met because you're most likely not going to make a meaningful amount of money. But if you start a business because you're focused on impacting people, you can impact someone almost immediately, even if you don't make money for it. So that's the big thing for me, Victor. I was feeling impact because we had our audience reaching out, saying our episodes were helping them. I was meeting our, our listeners. The community was building. More people were listening. I was feeling really good about myself. I was feeling really fulfilled. And part two, I had a business partner who said, Kev, this is the long game. We have to play the long game. We have to keep going. If we do this for long enough, and if you add value for long enough, there's no way we don't end up being successful. So a big part of it was having someone in my corner who understand or understood the long game more so than I did. But the other part of it was it was fulfilling and I was passionate about showing up and doing things the way we did them. And to this day, you still have to be passionate, right? We do seven episodes a week. So when I'm on that podcast, I'm not making money from that. I am practicing my passion for sure. No, that is really awesome. Um, yeah, so you focused, you, you did it really, you started doing it for passion, not for the money. So obviously later on, you're able to make money. But I like that focus on impacting people, making a difference in people's lives. Like you said in the beginning, even though you weren't really making money, but there were mm -hmm. people reaching out to you saying, hey, this really helped me. Thank you so much. It's inspiring me. And and I'm sure that helped keep you going. And sure. it was good you had a business partner who told you to look at the long game. A lot of times people, when they're doing this, don't see the long game. And, you know, a lot of small businesses, it takes them 
generally three to five years before they're able to make a profit. So it's, um, they're at a busy, yeah, you can probably get uh, something probably a little bit early, but very few businesses make profits in the beginning. It takes some time. So, and it's one of the reasons why, uh, People give up because they don't realize if they, they don't look at the long game like your business bar recommended. If you look at it, you pretty do the right things, eventually things are going to turn around. And mm -hmm. so because you're able to do that and and and, and you're and you're said it's it's very fulfilling to you. You feel good helping people out. And you're doing seven episodes a week, which is uh which is really awesome. So that's that I mean, that's gotta be because you're so happy, you want to impact people, you want to you have that passion to help people out, which is and I hear in your voice, it's very, very authentic. So it's it's great to great to hear. I appreciate so, it. Yeah. Now, would you say uh, a lot of people hate dealing with struggle and adversity? And no one enjoys it, but uh I find in my personal experience from songs, a lot of people, it helped make me a better person, stronger people. And because of my experiences, I was able to help people because I know if I could get through it, they could get through it too. And I can help them overcome that adversity. Was that your experience as well? Yeah. I, I think your adversity can become your advantage if you know how to use it. I really, I really, really do. And I think the other thing is, I think we've kind of been lied to to where you can be very successful without any hard work, any overwhelm, any struggle, any suffering. It's, I don't know if it really exists that way. I always, I'm, I love the gym. So I always use gym analogies. If you want to get stronger, you have to lift a weight. That is a struggle. You don't get stronger from easy weight. You don't get stronger from lightweight. I think life is very similar. If you want to have a deeply meaningful, impactful, successful business, it's probably going to be unreasonably challenging and unreasonably humbling because if it wasn't, everybody would have that. And there's a reason most small businesses unfortunately go out of business because it's probably a lot more than people expect. And there's probably a lot more sleepless nights and there's probably a lot more lean months without money than people really understand. And here's the other thing. I don't know what the statistic is, but I would say for the first five to seven years, you are doing the majority of things. You are the entire business. So it takes so much effort. It's almost like you're working four full-time jobs and you're getting zero results. You're getting uh, less than part-time wages in the beginning. So I think that's a big piece of it too. So yeah, I don't really think you can succeed without struggle. I think struggle is required. And to your point, when you struggle and you get through it, you can then help other people understand their struggle and then push through it as well. No, absolutely. And, and I like this. I like, you know, going, you know, your example, going to the gym, like yeah, little weights are not going to make a big uh, difference, but, you know, struggling, you know, with, with those big, strong weights is going to make you bigger and stronger. You have to work at it and it takes a lot of time and effort. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. And, and like you said, and you, you, and then, and here's the other thing, your story, if, if you, like you said, very few people immediately have that incredible success. But if you did have that incredible success, think about it. I went from riches to riches. I had two weeks, I made a million bucks. How many people can relate to that? Very few. None. Yeah. But if you like, I struggled for four or five years and then this happened, this changed. I have, I've got this mentor. He told me what I need to do. Then things started changing. Then I started seeing success in your book. I didn't give up. When they hear that kind of story, they say, I can identify with that person because he knows my struggles. Someone who you know had it everything thrown to him easily and had no struggle, no one can identify with yep. that. And yeah, it makes me think of a story from Les Brown who talks about the bamboo tree. It's like five years, it's growing underground. 
Mm. There's no growth, but it's being watered and nurtured by, by the owner. Um, but in the fifth year, in a couple months, it grows 90 feet. It's experiencing big growth. Now, did the big growth take two months or did it take five years? It took five years. Even though you saw no results, like you mentioned, it was being watered and nurtured. The roots were being planted, being taken care of. And like you mentioned, very often the first five, six, seven years, you're not seeing a lot of results. You're doing most of the work and you're not getting a lot of money. You're doing, you're being underpaid for doing a lot of work but something there's a sweet spot maybe around that fifth or sixth year very often where things change and you get overpaid for doing less work but it's because of all the time and the effort that you put in and you didn't give up now would you also say um uh, did you have any mentors that helped you uh, association with successful people actually had the business part were they other other people's all because um i found that being surrounded myself with successful people really helped my mindset. Uh, was that the case with you as well? Yeah, we we would go to different like Brendan Burchard events. We would go to some big events and meet people and then we would mastermind with them and we would do calls with them. And we were lucky enough to be mentored by David Meltzer and Evan Carmichael. And we've had a lot of people who have really poured into us and either helped us skip steps or just raise our awareness to where we might be messing up, where we might be onto something. We, for the longest, so for the first three years, the name of the podcast was the Hyperconscious Podcast. And we were working with Evan Carmichael. Evan was mentoring us. And he said, you guys are really good, but your name sucks. You need to change your name. And I remember thinking, absolutely not. We're not going to change the name. You don't know what you're talking about. And then we reflected on it and said, well, he's a very successful entrepreneur who knows many, many very successful entrepreneurs. He's probably onto something. So we ended up rebranding three or four years in, and that was 99% due to one of our mentor slash friends advice. So it is key to have people who are ahead of you so they can help you understand where you're missing out and you know they know what they're talking about. So yes, we, we've had many amazing mentors and they've helped us get to where we are for sure. Yeah, definitely. Mentors make a huge difference. And you have something that a lot of people don't have. You listen and you're teachable. There are a lot of people who are know-it-alls. And because of that, it causes them problems because they don't listen to you. You listen to someone who is more successful than you. Having Carmichael says, great podcast, but you need to change the name. And you were a little resistant at first, but then you realize <laughs> this guy is very successful. He knows what he's doing. He's made a lot more money than I am. So maybe I should listen to what he, to what he says. And guess what? You change it and good things and change happen. It reminds me, there was a book in the 90s called Men, Women, and Relationships. It only sold like 1,000, 2,000 copies. Didn't go anywhere. Later on, the author, the uh, guy named John Gray, changed it to Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. And it became a huge bestseller, <laughs> sold millions of copies for many other Men Are From Mars, Women, type, uh, women Are From Venus types of books. He changed the name. because Why? Because someone recommended to him that he should change the name because the name yeah. is very plain. And because he listened to that guy, just like you listened to Evan Carmichael, he made a lot of money. So be willing to listen, be willing to be humble, and uh, good things can happen. Mm-hmm. Now, I would assume a lot of what you've done, a lot of the success you have is because you didn't give up, but also because you've been very consistent. So could you talk a little bit about the importance of consistency? My analogy for consistency is always this. If Victor sat me down and said, Kev, I'll give you a million dollars right now if you can do the splits. I cannot do the splits. But what if I said, Victor, I'll bet you a million that I can do the splits by this time next year. The odds of me being able to do the splits are directly connected to the level of consistency that I practice them in. 
So I think that's the best example in the world. A lot of us, we want full-time results with part-time effort. And realistically, you're not even going to get full-time results with full-time effort in the beginning or for a long period of time. Consistency is not only just what you do, but it's how you show up. It's being there for your customer or client. It's being there on social media. It's being there as a leader for your team. It's being there when you say you're going to be there. Consistency is the way you do something. It's the way you show up. So I've met so many people who started podcasts around the same time as us, and they were all over the place. They were inconsistent. They missed episodes. They just didn't do what they said they were going to do. And unfortunately, a lot of them cease to exist now. And I would say the... Our superpower, our our secret sauce is we are just very, 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 very consistent and we don't miss. We do an episode every day. We will never miss. I don't care what happens. We'll find a way to get it done. And we do our team calls the same time every other week like we're supposed to. If you remain consistent, you get consistent results. It just takes a long time for you to actually see what those results look like. So yes, it is the most important thing. I don't think you can really win without consistency unless you get lucky. And if you get lucky, luck is not replicable. Yeah, I like that. Luck is not replicable. And if you you remain consistent, you'll get consistent results. And yeah, you have to be consistent in everything. Like you say, you have to show up for your team, social media, customer service, for everything. You have to be consistent. And you're a great example. Like you said, you guys have done over 1,500 episodes. You know, you do seven episodes a week. You're very consistent. And because of that, it's one of the reasons why you're getting the results that you have. Like these things tend to multiply. You know, a lot of people have heard of a penny doubled. You know, if you double it every single day for 30 days, in the beginning, it's not a lot, two cents, four cents, eight cents. But after 30 days, it's over $5 million. What a lot of people don't understand is if you double it every other day, you skip a day, you get $163.84 instead of $5 million. So that's how much consistency costs you. A lot of people don't realize that. They'll say, I... Um, they'll work hard and they take a break for a few days. They'll work hard and take a break for a few days. Uh, consistency will always beat out high level short term intensity. Definitely, a lot of people don't understand that. So, um, since you've done so many episodes, you're consistent. What are some of the things you've learned? Obviously, consistency, but how has it impacted you? How has it changed you as a person, your belief in yourself, your mindset, your confidence? How has doing all those consistent episodes over the years uh, changed you? The biggest lesson it's taught me is from day to day, progress is invisible, but from year to year, progress is impossible to miss. You show up and and this just speaks to even more consistency. You show up on a Monday and you do an episode and you show up on Tuesday and you do an episode and you're not any measurably better than you were on Monday. So from day to day, consistency doesn't really seem like it's paying off. You go from one cent to two cents. It's like, yeah, it's really not that great. Two cents to four cents. That's eh, not really that great. Four to eight, eight to 16. But to your point, Victor, when you get to day 29, day 30, day 31, you're in the millions of dollars. That is wild, but it doesn't happen day one to day two. So that's the thing I've really, really taken away. I'll go back and watch our first couple episodes and they're terrible. They are absolutely terrible. I didn't realize how far we've come, but since we have all of the recordings, you can go back and look. That's been a really big thing for me. And it's taught me that just because you feel like you're stuck where you are today does not mean you can't make it much further eventually. Because we see people who have made it and we assume they've been there forever. And we assume where we are is where we are going to be forever. But 
they might just have a 1500 episode head start, or they might have been doing this for 10 years behind the scenes long before anybody knew who they were. That has really been a lesson that I've learned from this. Because even, even here, somebody might listen and say, wow, Kevin, this is potential. I'm not guaranteeing it, but Kevin's a great speaker. Kevin has good stories, whatever it is. You would not have said that if you listened to the first episode. You would have said, this is absolutely terrible and I'm not going to listen. So even, even with that example, you can't recognize the difference between who I am today and who I used to be because you only know this version. No, definitely. I like some of the things you said there. Uh, progress is invisible day to day. But year to year, it is impossible to miss. I just love that. Like you see, and I'm going to see it in the beginning. Like you said, after the first few days, nothing seems to change. Yeah. But over a year or two, you're going to see the progress. Like you say, you go back, you listen to some of those early episodes. You're like, wow, I wasn't that good in those first few episodes. But man, after you know episode 900, it's like, wow, I got so much better. Yeah, in episode yeah. 1400, I'm getting even better. So yeah, it's nice to look back at the progress because in those first few episodes, you're like saying, am I really going to get good at this? But if you get, you keep practicing at it, you're going to get better and better. And it also reminds me of a, a quote, success is not built in a day, but is built daily. Mm. And um, so that that just reminds you of the progress uh, quote you just gave me. And you also mentioned just because you're stuck right now, not going far, doesn't mean you can't get better. Like you said, don't comp avoid comparisonitis. Too many people compare themselves to other people. Look, if I compare myself to Warren Buffett or Bill Gates, you know, I'm gonna lose. <laughs> so gonna what what we need to do is compare ourselves to where we were last week, last month, six months ago, a year ago. Are we better than we were three months ago? Are we improving week to week, month to month? And if we are, then that's all we need to focus on. Everything will take care of itself. Too often we're trying to compare ourselves against these guys with a hundred billion dollars you know it's 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 a losing game you know yes it is so a lot of people don't understand that now looking through all your experiences that you've gone over the years what are some of the things you kind of wish you knew in the beginning you know at age 26 when you starting off your entrepreneurial journey yeah i wish i knew i wish i knew the importance of organization i am not a super i'm the most organized i've ever been but I didn't understand how important it was to have lists and prospect lists and make sure everything was neat and organized and you had systems for everything. I didn't understand the importance of systems or any of that stuff. That was a really big one. And then I really wish I understood the importance of what we call scaling the unscalable. A lot of people are super focused on how do I make this scalable? I like looking at things from, and I didn't always, this was this is something I picked up early on though. Scaling the unscalable means doing things that are highly valuable, but they require a lot of your time. So just as an example, somebody reached out, I had a referral for a potential client the other day, and they asked me a question in the in the email. And I said, I'm gonna send you back an audio message just so I can be crystal clear and make sure we're on the same page. And I sent this person an audio message. And they said, I've never had anybody email me an audio message before. My goodness, what a what a thing to see, right? That, that drastically changed the way I looked at you. It took me more time to send the audio message, then email it to myself, then download it, and then email it to them. But that's called scaling the unscalable. And most likely, if I get that client, it's going to be it's going to be because I went above and beyond. So I think I wish I understood the importance of that in the beginning, because I think all of us are really worried about scaling when a lot of the most important stuff you're going to do is wildly unscalable. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. The importance of organization, list, prospects, prospects, 
systems and like knowing your numbers, what gets measured gets managed. If you don't know yep. your numbers, you really don't have a business and yep. scale the unscalable, like two valuable things that require a lot of time. Like you gave the example, sending that prospect an audio message and that got you some business doing those little things that most people are not willing to do. And if it takes a little more time, that's fine because people want that extra value. A mm. lot of, a lot of people can offer the same things, but giving that little extra that I'll give you what's called the slight edge or the razor's edge, and that, that can give you that business because you're giving that extra value to the client that they're not getting from some of your other competitors. So definitely some really good stuff here. Now, next thing I'd like to ask you is, um, you know, what is the, uh, talk about the importance of self-awareness um, because it doesn't seem like a lot of people don't have that. Yeah, when you understand yourself at a deep level, you kind of understand everything around you because you understand how you influence everything around you. So self-awareness might be as simple as, I'm not nearly as good at blank as I thought, or I am much better at blank than I thought. If you think you're really good at something and that's what you go all in on in your business and you're not good at it, you might end up in trouble. If you do not leverage one of your unique strengths, and you could really, really utilize it in your business, but you're not self-aware enough to know it's a strength, you're also probably going to end up in trouble. I've met a lot of people who say, I am so self-aware, or I'm the most self-aware I could be. And it's like, well, that statement right there suggests that you're probably not, because if you are super self-aware, you'd know there's always going to be room for growth. So yeah, I think it just helps us understand ourselves at a deep level. If you can understand why you're making the decisions you're making, why you're not making the decisions you should be making, how you're showing up, the excuses you're making, how your childhood affected how you are as a leader in your business, that's all self-awareness. And the level that you know yourself, I believe, is also the level that you can deploy yourself within the business. Yeah, definitely. And knowing you know, knowing your strengths and weaknesses, knowing that there's room for growth that you can improve, all that is part of being self-aware, which is going to help you so much in the long run. Mm. So the next thing I'd like to ask you is, you know, there are a lot of people, you know, how can someone who's uh, wants to become an entrepreneur, how can they find their, their purpose? Because a lot of times, you know, we talk about purpose, but a lot of people don't really know what their purpose is. How can they find it? Yeah, the, the analogy, the example, the anecdote I always use for this is, I want you to imagine that I come up to you and I say, Victor, you don't have to worry about money ever again. You don't have to worry about money. Don't worry about it. It's all taken care of. You can do whatever you want in the world, but, 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 it must be in the service of others, in the service of the world, in the service of the environment, or in the service of humanity. You can't sit on the beach every day and drink margaritas. I'm willing to bet that would probably get very old very fast. But what you can do is something that will serve and better this place that we all live on, or it will better humanity or better someone's life. The reason I like that analogy, that example, is because I think a lot of us have an idea of what our purpose is. Most of us want to help a unique person accomplish a unique goal in a unique way. But when things get stuck is when we say, I don't know what the vehicle would be, and I don't know how I'd make it profitable. I have no idea how I'd turn a podcast into a business. I have no idea how I'd be able to clean up the beaches and make that profitable. That is the initial place to start is if you could do anything and money was already taken care of and had to be in the service of others, what would it be? That's the purpose. That's the dream. The next conversation, and I think the deeper conversation is what's the vehicle? How would you actually do it? 
So I think a lot of us actually do have an idea of what our purpose is, but we get stuck when we talk about the vehicle because it doesn't seem financially feasible. It doesn't seem sustainable. It doesn't seem like it would actually help us increase our lifestyle as well. Yeah, right. The vehicle is something a lot of people struggle with. I agree. And I like that you, you can make a lot of money, but it has to be done in the service of others, world, humanity. And uh, Napoleon Hill makes a similar point in Thinking Go Rich. He's saying, you know, imagine that money, but also imagine providing a value or service to the world. A lot of people only focus on the first part, but not on the second part. Yeah. And they both need to be work together. So I definitely agree with you on that. Now, do you have any other last minute pieces of advice for those that are listening that, you know, thinking of becoming entrepreneurs and maybe starting their own business, you know, things to do, things to avoid? I would say make sure you are wildly understanding of what your habits are. If you can make, I mean, think about, I had a friend who's a new entrepreneur asked me something recently. Uh, my grandmother was in the hospital, so I wasn't working to the same capacity that I usually do. And he said, when you get thrown off and your calendar's all over the place, you're traveling, what do you do? And I said three things. I focus on getting exposure to new eyes. I focus on exposing warm eyes to clients. And I focus on client delivery. Those are the three things I focus on when I only have that amount of time. That is what I would tell you out there is figure out what are the most important habits for you. Maybe it's posting every day on social media. Maybe it's sending a message to a potential client. Maybe it's client delivery. Maybe it's leadership, whatever, learning for 30 minutes. And if you can do those every day, Saturday and Sunday, I think would be beneficial. If you can do them every day, you don't know what can happen in a few years. So focus as much on your habits as you do your systems because self-improvement is going to create everything improvement and personal development is you developing yourself personally, but that is your habits. So just like you track the KPIs in your business, just like you know the numbers in your business, you have to track the KPIs for you personally. You have to know the numbers of your life and therefore you'll be a better leader and hopefully a more successful, fulfilled, impact-driven entrepreneur. No, definitely. I, I definitely like that. You know, know your habits, especially know the very important habits and, um, you know, the importance and do them every single day, not just the systems. Self-improvement will improve everything improves so it's going to have an effect on everything so that's you know know your kpis for yourself and for your habits as well i definitely like that some really good stuff so thank kevin you. listen i want to thank you so much for being on the show it was a real pleasure having you on uh i really enjoyed the discussion you shared a lot of great tips a lot of great advice so uh, you know really good stuff about improving yourself and doing better and uh and i know the people that are listening to this episode are really going to appreciate all the great stuff that you shared and Thank if people you. want to get it, and if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, I say number one, listen to the podcast because it's free and it's free value every single day. So Next Level University is on all the podcast platforms as well as YouTube. And if you want to message me, my email is Kevin at nextleveluniverse.com. I do my own emails, so I will get back to you. I'm just a message away. Awesome. Thanks again, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Have yourself a great day. You too, Victor. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.